Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Better Man Podcast, a podcast with one goal to help men like you and me to improve their lives, improve their mental health, and help them to achieve more, be happier, and hopefully to find the right balance. My name is Gabriel Machidet, and every week you can find two shows of the Better Man Podcast here on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you find the podcast. It's literally 20 minutes or less, and I will try to help you navigate some difficult things that you may be facing as a man. Now, 20 minutes is not a lot, so no pressure. Let's get started, right? Before we start, I have to make the disclaimer because I'm not a coach, I'm not a financial advisor, I'm not a therapist, I'm not anything. I'm just one guy talking to you here on the podcast like two mates having a drink, a beer, a coffee, whatever, okay? So let's get started. This is show number four and you can find all the information about this show at thebetterman.co backslash show four. And this show is all about procrastination and productivity and this is a topic that might be of an expert because guess what? I wrote a book. I wrote a book called The Lazy Bastard, The Modern Productivity Guide uh, for People Out There. And you can actually find it on Amazon, The Lazy Bastard, very easy to find. And in the book, my challenge was, can I write a book in 30 days or less? Now, spoiler alert, I managed to write the book in 36 days. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't kind of like a nice thing to do. It was painful as hell. And during my challenge to be able to write the book, I had to question myself something. I had to question the following. I had to ask myself, can I actually do it? Can I be so productive to be able to write a book? And this came from the concept of the question that a friend of mine, Ryan, asked me one day. is like, do you think it's possible to write 12 books in one year? And because I was cocky, I was like, yeah, of course it's possible. You have to find a system. But when we talk about these systems, very likely is that we have never implemented the system we're talking about. So I decided to sit down and I asked myself, how can I write a book in 30 days or less? And I knew I had to be extremely productive to be able to do so. So I wrote a book about productivity, but at the same time, the book... It's me trying to become productive to write a book. So it's very interesting. So today I want to talk about six strategies that you can actually take now to be more productive. Because being more productive is one of the most difficult things out there because we're trying to do two things. One is we're trying to achieve more, obviously do more, and feel better because we're doing those goals that we're setting up ourselves to do. But at the same time, we're battling the procrastination that is this lazy bastard Okay, that is this lazy monster that we have internally that is asking you to go and play Xbox, that is trying to um, ask you to, to go and watch Netflix. And the perfect example is my son just came to, to my office and said, hey, dad, uh, we just downloaded a new Xbox game, okay, from Xbox Game Pass. You want to have a look? And I need to record this podcast. And I was so tempted that I wanted to shut everything down and say, like, you know what? I work already today. It's four o'clock. And you know what? I'm going to go and just play for a while. But the problem with playing with a, for a while that we well know is that for a while can be 20 minutes or could be six hours if I like the game. So how do we battle achieving things, working on our projects, and trying to control or keep that monster in bay that is the lazy bastard? So... These six points are in my book, but if you want to check more information, once again, go to Amazon, put my last name, Mashudet, M-A-C-H-U-R-E-T, and you can find, or Lazy Bastard, you'll be able to find the book there. It's actually easy to read, and there's some practical exercises you can actually follow. Now, let's go straight to the point. The number one productivity advice or system that I have is called the Asimov system. And this is based on Isaac Asimov. Hopefully I'm saying the last name properly. And this is the guy that wrote more 
fiction books than anyone in the world. And this guy wrote, I think, over 500 books. And the question I asked myself when I heard about, I mean, Asimov was, how the hell can anyone write so many books? Now, this was before the personal computer, before laptops, before having Grammarly. Literally, he was writing these on, 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 a, on a type machine. And I was like, how can anyone write so many books? I mean, what exactly did this guy found or the system that he had in place? And the solution that he had was kind of weird, but he had around seven to nine typewriting machines, always connected, always ready to go. And he was working on seven to eight books. And what happened is every time that he felt a bit like bored with the project, he will just switch to the next type, I mean, I mean, typewriter. So he will move from one book to another one all the time. He was always in constant cycle of productivity. And this is the best thing you can actually do. So people believe that sometimes for you to be productive is you have to have one project and only focus on one project. But what's going to happen is you're going to end up pretty, pretty bored if you only do one thing. Because if you don't get inspiration, if you don't find your flow, like we call it flow, then that's the excuse you need and you go like, you know what, it's, never mind, this is going to be too difficult. So my advice is do not go for only one thing because only having one thing in your list, it means that you feel that you have to find this flow that I think, I mean, exists, but it's also kind of like bullshit. And what's going to happen is... That is the perfect excuse for you not to do it because it's only one thing you have to do. So having more things allow you to bounce from one thing to another one. So you get a flow, but it's a flow of movement versus a flow of working on a specific project. Now, the number two is pretty famous out there. It's called the Pomodoro Technique. Pomodoro Technique is a system where you just define one action on a time limit of 21 minutes. Now, why 21 minutes? The theory is that 21 minutes is the maximum amount of time you can actually focus 100% on something. Sometimes I feel that my Pomodoro time is like five minutes because I'm bouncing from one thing to another one. But the idea with the Pomodoro technique, and you can download an app for this, is that you just define 21 minutes to achieve that task. Nothing else, nothing more. And it's very important that I said that is nothing more. One of the things that we're going to do is we're going to try to fragmentalize those goals in very specific steps. So let's presume that you need to try to make uh, your CV for a job. So what you're going to do is you will define how many Pomodoro uh, time slots you required. And then you set up like, okay, it's going to take me three Pomodoro slots to be able to do this. And therefore, you're going to sit down on the first page that will be your education. And you go, okay, to the timer is just 21 minutes. Now, if you think about it, these podcasts that I'm trying to do are always under 20 minutes. And that is not coincidence. I'm doing that because I know if they're 20 minutes, guess what? I have to do it. So right now it has been seven minutes since I started. I have the timer in front of me. So that timer also helps me to be more productive and be able to communicate what I have to communicate. Our brain works better under pressure. That's why we tend to do our taxes on the last days. And magically wise, poof, we do the tax or our homework or exam. If we have too much time, we're not going to do those tasks. Number three is the contract. And the contract is what will happen if you don't do things. Now, usually what people think is that what the way that they have these self-contracts is to reward themselves. So go like, okay, if I'm going to, if I clean my house, I will reward myself by watching Netflix. And the problem with that is our brain don't work, doesn't work very well with positive reinforcement set up by ourselves. Now that's all great. I mean, we, we usually do that with the kids, but if you think about it, kids are going to react 
a lot different if the reward is negative. And you can do it that yourself. So for example, you can say to yourself, okay, here's a deal. If I clean the kitchen, I can have dessert tonight. Okay, that's kind of nice. But if I don't clean the kitchen, I, I will not have dessert for a whole month. Well, that kind of hurts a bit more than having dessert. So going for the negative, the, there has to be an outcome. There needs to be painful and slightly for you to be able to do something. That's why we end up doing the tax because we know if I don't do the tax today, I'm going to have a financial penalty by the taxation office or whoever it is. So you go, okay, shit, I have to do it. And they have to do it. Sometimes you need to impose the have to. And if your brain doesn't think there's going to be a consequence or a penalty, Guess what? Forget it. It's not going to do it. So don't reward yourself. In fact, kind of like trying to scare yourself. Number four is planning the day like was the day, okay? The attack of Normandy, the landing in Normandy. So this has to be that if you're going to have a productive day, define the productive day. One of the problems that happens when, when I coach people, when I talk to people about productivity is they try to have every single day as the most productive day of their life. And that is literally not possible because your brain goes, oh, okay, here we go again. We're going to be super productive today, right? Your brain knows it's kind of like BS. So what you're going to do, you define one day that is the mega productive day. So what you do is, let's say, okay, this week, Thursday is my mega productive day. And what I'm going to do is I'm really going to work my ass and you're going to be planning that whole day completely from what time you have lunch, what time you're going to pick up the phone or check social media. It has to be so itemized that if feels like you're going to take over a bank. You're going to rob a bank. If you think about when someone robs a bank, the, everything is precise. They know the time the police is going to come, how long they have in the bank. I want you to look at a productive day in a way that is so clear. How long for lunch? What will you have for lunch? Are you going to work on a product for how long? How many Pomodoro techniques, I mean, slots or Pomodoro time periods would you put for a specific goals? It has to be very precise and even more important when your day is going to start and also when your day is going to finish, okay? Very, very important. Number five is to change your pattern. That means location. To change your pattern location, it means that Sometimes we try to be super productive, but we're doing the same things and in the same place. And that is a horrible mistake because your brain recognizes that you're home, recognizes that you're comfortable. And with the pandemic, the problem that happens is that we are working in the comfort of our own place. So what that means is that I know that I can take six, six steps and I will be close to my television, Netflix, Xbox. I mean, you get the point, right? So it's kind of easy for me to be distracted in the comfort of my own place. Now, presume for two seconds that I'm going to go to a coffee place. And in the coffee place, I'm going to sit down and I will say to myself, okay, in this place, I will not leave the coffee place until I write six pages of my book. Now, that is kind of uncomfortable because I have to literally be there in front of people looking at me, you know, what happens when you go to a coffee place and you only have one coffee and you're staying a bit longer than you have to stay? Well, you go, okay, I'm not going to leave. I'm stay here for, a, I mean, for three hours minimum. And the only thing I'm going to be doing in this place is to write. So that will be a way that I will actually make myself uncomfortable by changing the pattern. Because if you wake up at the same time, see the computer at the same hour, open the same windows that you open, same websites, and you the same cycle and same routine that you're doing over and over and over, that's what the procrastination is going to come alive because procrastination loves patterns. Procrastination loves the comfort of what is expected. So the only way for you to break 
you know, the lazy bastard out of your brain is by shocking the lazy bastard. And the lazy bastard that is your inner procrastination genie has to realize that, whoa, 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 something is different today. And if something is different, that is your opportunity to get momentum to do the things that you usually don't do. So it's not very normal for anyone to sit down in a coffee place, in Starbucks, whatever is the name of your local coffee place, and write for three hours. So that's kind of weird. So if you go to a coffee place and you announce to yourself, they're like, okay, here's what I'm going to be for the next three hours, and the only thing I can do is work on this. That is going to create a new level of discomfort, and discomfort, trust me, for procrastination, destruction, and to achieve more is absolutely vital. Now, number six is a dopamine super hack. So dopamine is what's going to give you momentum to move on with what you're doing. The problem with dopamine is that sometimes we make our goals so huge, so difficult to achieve that we end up disappointed of what we're doing and that creates a massive impact in our dopamine levels. So the way your dopamine works is, is technically your brain telling you, hey, you're doing a good job, keep doing it. And that comes from the time where we used to be like in the dinosaur times or like in the... In like where we were like hunters and it was your brain telling you hey this food feels good i mean you need this food this is good keep doing it it's like a way for your brain to reward the actions that are helping you and this is pretty pretty inside your dna it's a genetical thing you cannot change it but what you can do is you can hack it so one of the things you're going to do in your day let's say your normandy d day of super productivity you're going to literally put in that list in that to-do list all the things that you're going to do, even if they sound kind of stupid. So for example, I will put brush my teeth, awesome. I'm going to clean the bathroom, awesome. I'm going to have a shower, great. I want to make my bed, fantastic. I'm going to, I mean, whatever you're going to do. So you're going to, before the day starts, you're going to achieve eight, nine, ten things. I want to make coffee, but then I'm going to clean the dishes. And when I clean the dishes, I'm going to empty the dishwasher. So before I sit on the computer, my dopamine level is pretty out there because I go, whoa, guess what? Today, I have achieved 17 things. Now, what happens is we usually achieve a lot of stuff, but we never reward ourselves and we don't have the self-awareness that we're doing them. We do them like in a zombie pilot. And when you do things in zombie pilot, there's absolutely no dopamine stimulation to your brain. So what you're doing here is you're actually almost like celebrating to your brain that you're doing the things that you're supposed to do. And I know it sounds silly, and I know if you listen to it, you think like, Gabriel, this is so stupid, there's no way I will do it. My suggestion is, hey, play the game, experiment, try it, and you will be amazed. Now, for this to work, you need to write the things that you're doing, okay? So you need to put things in a list, and that list is going to look kind of like ridicule. Like, you're not going to be super proud of the list because no one goes on Facebook and goes, hey, guess what? High five, I brushed my teeth today. Hey, guess what? I have a shower, high five. That's all the things that we're trying to achieve, but... When you see that insane checklist that you have, that you're marking things one by one, one by one, one by one, that creates momentum. And in that moment, surprise, you feel like you're a productive person. And the most, the easiest way to be productive is for your brain to feel that you are in a productive mood. So we're trying to hack our patterns. And even more important, we're trying to insert a little bit of self-proclaimed dopamine into your system. Now, the last tip before we finish about this whole goal of being more productive is make also in the list the shit that you are okay not achieving that day. So one of the things that we really want to protect on those days that we're super productive is to be proud and to enjoy the productive day. One of the things that happen is 
when I'm working with people that are trying to be productive, they end up at the end of the day, initially kind of disappointed. It's like, oh, you know, I mean, I, I was doing so well, but so it's because the expectation that we put on ourselves is usually kind of like insane. It's, 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 it's such a huge expectation of the things we want to do. And people don't realize that being productive is like any Olympic sport. You have to practice all the time and you have to go on different levels. So my productivity levels are going to be way, 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 way higher than normal people because guess what? I practice this every single day. I have my, I mean, my D days every single week and I plan this. But one of the things I do in my list, I accept that there's some things on that day that are on the list that I'm okay not doing. And by putting them on the list, what I'm doing is I'm not going to let them affect my dopamine levels at the end of the day. Look, if you don't enjoy the super productive days, the problem is you're not going to repeat them. So it's a little bit like going to the gym. If you absolutely hate your first three, four, five, I mean, sessions in the gym, It's going to be highly likely you never go back again. That's why it's so important that you enjoy being productive. So we're trying to do here is we're trying to increase the dopamine levels. So at the end of the day, you go to bed super proud and you go, hey, guess what? I rock. Look how many things I did. And therefore, you have to be kind to yourself and you have to accept that that leads trust me, it's never going to be 100% because no one is going to be able to do everything on a list on just one day. And if you were managing to do that, there will be no point of trying to be productive because this is not a one-time solution. You're not going to become productive tomorrow. We're just trying to hack the procrastination every single day. So think about this in that way. You're not trying to be productive. You're trying to control that lazy bastard that is pushing you to do nothing and is pushing you to, to feel like crap about yourself at bay. We just want to control a little bit the way it works, okay? So that's my tip for today. If you want to check more information, once again, I'm plugging this book like crazy, but it's worth it if you're looking about, I mean, improving your productivity and controlling the procrastination, go and check The Lazy Bastard on Amazon and more notes about these are going to be on the website, thebetterman.co. If you enjoyed the podcast and this is fun and you had, I mean, you, you learned something from this very quick 20-minute podcast, mini podcast, why not, I mean, find the podcast on iTunes and leave a review. It will mean the world or get in contact with me about any topic you want me to talk about. And yeah, I'm here to learn from you guys and hopefully you're learning something from this mini podcast here at The Better Man. I will see you on the next show and yeah, stay safe.